You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Okay, now, some of you were here last time that I was up here, and I'd like to continue a little bit from there, but if you remember last time, the gist of the message was we were, te- were totally dead until we're being made alive in Christ, and in some, we're, we, when we no longer know who God is, then we no longer know who we are, and so we lose our true identity, we become broken in our our desires and our sexual desires, our relationships. We also become foolish because we start to rely on the wisdom of the world. All of this happens when we lose our identity in Christ first. Then it collapses on ourselves. So, so then I showed you real quick, if you remember, the three biblical areas that the Bible refers to of where we were uh, and what God's done for us. So remember, there's the courtroom, and we were found not guilty with divine justice. Then we had the slave market where he buys us out of bondage and that's where we're redeemed. Had the image of the temple, remember that? Where we're cleansed by the blood, we're made holy. So we're forgiven, we're free, fully accepted and God proves that he is both just and the justifier. So we now have a new identity, we claim that in baptism and now we're free from both the penalty and the power of sin. And our identity not only determines our behavior, it determines our destiny. And so in our identity, we're changed people. So this is, now one thing I did mention, I'm going to kind of go over it real real quick. There was a little bit of conversation about the challenge of the the battle of the flesh and spirit. And I want to just make really, really clear one thing I was not talking about. And that was that we were not in between flesh and walking in the spirit. There is no place in between. That's not possible. We're one or the other. We have temptation of the flesh, but we're not walking in the flesh. We are walking in the spirit. So I'll talk more about that time in the next sermon. But anyway, it's really important that we understand this distinction. Temptation does not mean we're walking in the flesh. And we were given that example last time. All right. So today, I'd like to expand our conversation on faith. Faith, our faith as a powerful release of the very end time Holy Spirit carries both an objective and a subjective dimension. On one hand, Christ's death and resurrection have secured eternal salvation and for those who believe. That's a historical fact. That's, that's objective. For all of us, though, the beginning point of our conversion also involves a clearly subjective part. That's our personal experience dimension that results in a radical change in us as believers. And the Holy Spirit is the absolute indispensable element for this this dimension of, of our faith. It begins with our complete trust and obedience to God. And that's going to be my definition of faith is complete trust and obedience to God. Because we can make a mental ascent and say, yes, God has risen. It's when the Holy Spirit fills us and we have a radical change in us and our faith is so powerful that, yes, I trust him and I trust him enough to obey him. That's what we're really talking about with faith. The object of our faith is always Christ. 
always Christ. But the Spirit's means that sustains our faith, which sustains through the Holy Spirit. Our trusting, which is, is the point at which the external to us becomes internal. So what we know now becomes what we are. It becomes part of us. So the Holy Spirit is, oddly enough, both the cause and the effect of our faith. And so when he initiates our faith, at the same time, he's the one who's received in, a, in faith. So the work of the Holy Spirit's a very, very powerful agent within our faith. And so it's not us struggling to white-knuckle it. You know, it's in Romans 10, that's one of the great faith messages, it, it's in 14 and 15, it says, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him who they have not heard? And how will they hear without a teacher? How will they preach unless they're sent? Then it answers it in verse 17. So faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The power of the Holy Spirit behind every gospel, every word of the gospel, forms our foundation for understanding the role of the promised spirit. As a, the, the Holy Spirit is an end-time fulfillment of God's empowering presence. There's a big word for that, but I don't ever say it because I always mispronounce it. Anyway, end time. If you think about it, the gospel really at its most profound point stands in utter contradiction of human wisdom. It says, God has redeemed our fallen race by means of the ultimate contradiction, a crucified Messiah. You think about that, because the flesh perceives everything from the old age point of view. So everything that has value is, is, in, is in power, it's in influence, it's in wealth, it's in human wisdom. And without the Holy Spirit, it just, just can't possibly make sense. I love it in, in 1 Corinthians. It says, no eye has seen, what no, eye, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived. I mean, when you look at our faith, it's just so dramatically impossible. Think about Peter for a second. Think, remember the Pentecost? We talked about this a tiny bit in our Bible study. Here's Peter. He's out there 50 days after Jesus was crucified, and there's a big commotion going on. Now he's preaching to the people. And he tells them, the God, the Jesus that you crucified is alive and has risen. Now, who thinks that's good news? I've just killed this guy and he's back. Now, here's what's so crazy about this. This is not a God seeking revenge. He says, I'm back to redeem and save the very people that killed me. This is the most crazy faith we have in the world. And if you don't think it takes the Holy Spirit to put it all together, you're, you're missing something. We have to rely on the Holy Spirit for our faith. If the moment you let the Holy Spirit step outside and you decide to do it on your own accord, then you're, it's going to get in trouble. Because the new model is the cross, which is disgusting. How, how can a cross be our new model of faith? And so the power is now living in the Spirit. Because who indwells the, the individual? But the Holy Spirit, that's the end time Spirit moving into our, our real time now. 
So he's renewing us by grace of the inner person who we are. He's transforming our mind into his own likeness. His own likeness even to the cross. This is a powerful, powerful thing that's so difficult for us to, to capture. When I first came to Christ, that made no sense to me. None. I was a Christian for a good while before it started to make some sense. Because I was resisting the Holy Spirit. I said, I've got to figure this out on my own. I'm smart enough to figure this out. If everybody else has got that figured out, I should know. I said, I just release it to the Holy Spirit. But here's another part. And this is my, the, the gist of this message is, there's another dimension to the, this, the faith and Holy Spirit, and it's seen in 1 Corinthians 12. As you all know, 1 Corinthians 12 is, is the gift chapter. And when you look at that, you, you notice how we learn about the gifts. Verses 4 and 6 are really important. It says, now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. There are a variety of ministries or services, and that's the same Lord. Now we're talking about our Lord Jesus Christ. And there are a variety of effects. So in other words, manifestations, but the same God, and that's the Father. So we have the gifts of the Holy, that we call the gifts of the Holy Spirit, are quite frankly the gifts of the triune God to do the work of the kingdom. It's the gift of, of the actual gift. It is to provide us service and to be manifested in different ways. So we have one person here who's going to manifest the gifts one way, another person's going to manifest them a different way. You have a different service, you have a different service. All of this works for the common good of, of, of the kingdom. So when we look at these gifts, the, we have to understand this is in development in community. I don't suddenly have a gift of, of healing so I can have a gift of healing. I have a gift of healing only if it affects the ministry with which I'm called, and it, it is the manifestation that the Holy Spirit requires. So what I'm getting at is the most important thing here is the giver, not the gift. And if you don't look at who the giver is and put your focus on the giver, the gift has, has very little value. As a matter of fact, that's the reason the whole reason Corinthians is written is because the people in Corinth, they all wanted a new toy, a new, a new magic trick to show off with their friends. And so that's exactly why he wrote this. He, I, I just, now we're getting into this. For, for given, this is what I write, for one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit, to another the word of knowledge according to the same spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit. Now, one thing I think is kind of interesting, that's present tense. And you might ask yourself, okay, I thought I got the gift of faith when I became a believer. Why am he now giving me a gift of faith? Because I was saved. I'm being saved. I will be saved. This is part of who we are in the, of the, the end-time Holy Spirit coming to us now. So we're always in the dimension of continuity now to eternity. And so we're right smack in that matter, radical middle of kingdom now and the kingdom not yet. So when, when 1 Peter chapter 4 says, you've been given the gift, yes, I have. I have my portion of faith. It's also in Romans. You received your portion of faith. But I'm continuing 
to be receiving the gift of faith by the Spirit. And then I will be receiving this gift of faith continually. So I think that's just, God just wants us to keep, keep, keep being built up and built up for the kingdom. So, and what I love about this faith, follow, it follows the spoken gifts. So you have spoken wisdom, spoken knowledge, the wisdom of God, the knowledge of God, which then we hear, and it builds up our faith, and we have the Spirit building up our faith, and from that explodes the rest of the gifts. The gifts start, they start with our wisdom, our knowledge, and then our faith that becomes bold. That becomes the word bold throughout the Bible. You'll see it everywhere. And this is the concept of faith by the Holy Spirit building someone up into action. And now the great thing about, here's what happens. God manifests a bold love, a deeply energized heart for others as God's promises are released. So faith that can move mountains is paired with radical love. In chapter 13, he talks about if I can move mountains of faith with no love, I'm a resounding gong. But he's, what he's really saying is your faith with love is paired together to move mountains. Twelve guys of faith shifted history. Yes, Jesus might have played a part of that. Okay. Jesus <laughs> sent out the twelve. To, but, but this was an act of the Holy Spirit. Twelve guys did not do it. Twelve guys were used to do it in faith. And, and they came alive in faith. I, when you look at this boldness, look at, uh, let's look at uh, Acts 4. Okay? That, if you remember, that's where they had the trial situation. Okay, so in 13, Peter and John, they're going before the very people that initiated Jesus to be killed. And they're in, in trial. They're standing in front of the Sanhedrin. They're all, all, the, all the players are there. And they, filled with the Holy Spirit, they boldly proclaim the good news. They're telling these people, you need Jesus in your life. Hold it. You're on trial, and then you go and take the panel, and you try to evangelize them. That's bold faith. I mean, and what they said was, they were stunned by, another word you're going to see that also can be related to faith, this incredible confidence of uneducated men. So then later on in the chapter, all the believers heard what happened, and then they start to pray. And it says, when they had prayed, the place, that's 31, by the way, those take notes. And when they prayed, the place where they prayed together was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak the Word of God with boldness. Faith was turned into boldness. Uh, in, uh, okay, let's go to, go to uh, Philippians, or as my wife says, the Filipinos. <laughs> yes, I will rejoice, for I know that this will turn out for my deliverance for your prayers and the provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ according to my earnest expectation and hope, that I will not be put to shame in anything, but that with all boldness, Christ will even now, as always, be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. In boldness. 
I got to do one more. Okay. Acts 14.3. Okay. That's when they're in Iconium. I think it's in how you pronounce the city. Uh, and they're having all kinds of problems because the, the local Jews there are stirring up all kinds of trouble, trying to stop the word from, from being spread. And it says, therefore, they spent a long time speaking boldly. Listen to this. With reliance upon God, so they spoke boldly, not of their own power, reliance upon God, who was testifying to the word of his grace. So the testimony was from Jesus using them boldly, granting that signs and wonders be done by their hands. Let's go back down to chapter 12. We see that wisdom, knowledge, faith. You see the flow. Then they boldly speak the wisdom, knowledge, and from that outflow comes gifts, signs and wonders. A perfect example right there. The, the very, you know, this is the gift. This is the gift to face the enemy that's attacking you. You look in, in Ephesians 6, and it says, pray with boldness. You take on the armor of God and stand and pray. Actually, if you take out the little section of armor, it goes right from... The, it talks about the enemy, and it goes right into stand, stand and pray. And it says pray continuously with boldness. Our prayer has boldness. And this is what's interesting. That's really, how, I think that's how you define it, a prayer warrior. We've got prayer warriors right here. And their, their prayer is bold because their faith is powerful, brought on by the Holy Spirit. The anticipation and expectation of prayer is what the Holy Spirit gives you. We just prayed here for people with feet, people with back. We have prayed for cancer, and we've seen cancer being going to remission. We've, we've prayed for many things, and we prayed for things that didn't happen the way we wanted it, but we knew God was still working there. We prayed with boldness. The fact that we didn't see the move of God that we wanted should never, ever shift our faithfulness. Because the Holy Spirit's what generates it, and we can't reject him. So what happens is, I'm praying for something to happen in, in my life, and if it doesn't happen, and my father does die, I, my prayer now goes to my mother that she's in peace. Because God's taking care of everything. And she is. But, it doesn't, but now my brother, he healed. So I, I can't predict which one's going to work. Well, I, I mean... But they, I shouldn't use that word work. I can't predict which one's going to have the outcome that I want. It all works according to God. So it's funny because the, one of the things I have here is, is stand boldly on God's word, having shod your faith with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Because we were just praying for feet. I used to have real problems with my feet all the time. A prayer warrior in this church prayed consistently and was praying for bless the feet of the one that brings the gospel. And my feet don't, they don't they're still kind of strange looking, but they don't hurt. <laughs> I, got the, I got the class's ugly feet. Okay. Now, I've read, and before I was doing this, I kept hearing that this concept of faith is part of the gift, which is also, by the way, the fruit of the Spirit. I kept hearing that that was only... Uh, it's only reserved for extraordinary circumstances. And I, I beg to differ. And 
I don't have all the PhDs these guys do. All I have is the Holy Spirit telling me, saying, every time you see the words filled with the Holy Spirit, you're filling them with faith. And if you don't find filled with the Holy Spirit all over the Bible, you haven't read it. And if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, your faith is waning. Your faith is shifting. And you should be filled with the Holy Spirit all the time. You should walk in this faith all the time. That's what brings boldness. And, you, and you know, Rick mentioned me going to CVS. Actually, now I don't go to the card so much. I go back where the prescriptions are. But you know what? I'm not kidding. For months, I didn't walk up there and boldly say anything to anybody. I looked like the, the, the second grader trying to sell raffle tickets to, for the Little League team. Want to buy a ticket? You know, I, that was my boldness. They got bold and helped me get, got, you know, they go, yeah, I want prayer. And I go, oh, good. <laughs> I didn't expect that. So, you know, there's just a boldness with this dimension of Christ. We have to put a trust in his word. His word is where faith begins. And he gives us the opportunity to share his word. And if we, sh he wants us to be bold and share this word because we have way too many captives. Remember, we've got the, we have people going to court and being found that have judged themselves guilty. We have people that think that they're unworthy to be in a temple or a church. And we have people that are absolutely enslaved that are not free, and we need to set them free, and it's our boldness that's going to do it. You talk to anyone in the military that's ever gone and, and seen a captive, I'm telling you, when you see them bound up and they're non-ambulatory, the look on their face is like, hallelujah, someone's getting me out of here. That's the look we have to see in the hearts of the people that we have out there that have no idea. We need to put some value in our salvation. And it's so valuable, we can't help but want to share it. And we need some boldness to do that sometimes. Now, never forget the Spirit means the presence of power. He says, I will give you the, what? The Holy Spirit with timidness. No, with power. So, it's in that power that you have the overflow of hope. It's in that power you can be, it can attest with signs and wonders. It's in that power we show and reflect great joy in affliction. But the, the presence of the Spirit is always accompanied by boldness. This is not something you learn. This is not something you say it's a personality defect. What it is is whether I will receive the Holy Spirit or not. And sometimes what we say is, I'm too timid to receive this and do this. And the Holy Spirit's saying, Here's my, here are my shoe prints. Walk where I walk, and I'll take you through this. I'll tell you what to say, and I will take care of it. You do, in obedience, what I ask you, and all glory happens. And I was the biggest chicken in the world. I really was. But once it got rolling, it got fun then. So... You know, have you ever thought about this? We talk a lot about being in the first chair, which is where we rest with God. Do you know that takes boldness? Because you must boldly go into the throne room of God. Look at, look at uh, Hebrews 4.16. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace 
to help us in our times of need. Because if you're not bold in your faith, you don't think you're worthy to be there. And you will stand on the outskirts of the, of the temple and watch everybody else go in and out. And that's not your place. That's not your identity. That's not who you are in Christ. You're a kid. Come on home. Don't ring the doorbell and walk on in. So that's what he's trying to say to you. I got, I'm got. i going to read from Psalms. This is one of my favorites, and it, it kind of reflects what this whole message is. Psalm 138. I will give you thanks with all my heart. I will sing praises to you, God, to you before the gods. I will bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word according to your name. On the day I called, you answered me and made me bold with strength in my soul. All the kings of the earth will give thanks to you, O Lord, when they have heard the words of your mouth. And they will sing the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is exalted, <clears throat> he regards the lowly. But the haughty know him from afar. For I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. You will stretch forth your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand will save me, and the Lord will accomplish what concerns me. Your loving kindness, O Lord, is everlasting. Do not forsake the works of your hand. What we just saw here is boldness mixed with love. Confidence mixed with trust. A loving servant with his loving father. That he had no that he goes in without fear. That he, he understands that God's hand is everywhere he goes. And so he can walk in boldness. I just I just implore that each day that you're feeling a little bit down, each day that you're you got an ache here or a pain there, and you're saying I'm not up to it today. You say, Holy Spirit, are you up to it? And then let him heal you. Soul healing, physical healing, spiritual healing. Let him make you the object of his ministry. We just read the day, and it says in, a fee, then in uh, at the Corinthians, uh, Hebrews 12. It was talking about some things, and it mentioned that we're sprinkled with the blood. This is very different than the covering of blood. The covering of our blood is our salvation. The sprinkling of our blood has made you holy instruments for the service of the kingdom. That is what has happened when we were sprinkled by the blood. Everyone here is a holy instrument for the service of the kingdom. You have gifts that have been given by the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You've been given ministries and allow the manifestation of each of your gifts come as is for as your personality allows but it's going to start with the wisdom it's going to start with knowledge and it's going to be moved by boldness of faith so let's pray father we come as a community that wants to just to lift the roof right off this building that we say your kingdom come and your will be done. And we're going to ask, Lord, 
you find us worthy to be instruments of that move of the kingdom. Let us see the hurt. Let us see the captives. Let us see those that have no hope and give them hope. Give them healing. Give them life from you, Jesus Christ, who made us that while we were dead, we were made alive through you. We pray, Holy Spirit, that we are attuned to your voice, that we hear what you ask us to say. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.